0: Hello and welcome to the Hoff Podcast. I'm Daniel Turner, the pastor of the Tyler House of Faith. We take these messages from our weekly services and then release them here on our podcast channel for you. We'll hope you dig it Good to see everybody. Maybe we'll jump right in on this. Um, hey, there's, there's a lot of kids in here, so um, you know there was, a, there was a scripture that I grew up going to church that I never heard until I experienced this scripture. Um, and it became real to me because it is real yeah. and for the kids. It's it's um Hebrews 13 2 maybe we'll do Hebrews 13 1 and 2. It says let brotherly love continue and Do not forget to entertain strangers for by doing so some have unknowingly entertained angels Isn't that funny? Um if you're a believer, I think you believe that the Word of God, or the Bible is the Word of God. Is that, we pretty much agree upon that? Yeah, that's pretty much what's going on. And I know there's a lot of, um, there's a little hanky-panky that goes on with Scripture sometimes, and, and um, things are taken out of context to mean things that they don't mean. You know what I mean? Especially in the charismatic world. Um, it, it's, it happens. Um, however, this is plain as day, and it's in the New Testament. This is in the context that you think it's in. Do not forget to entertain strangers. What would you do if Jesus walked in your room and woke you up one morning? Yeah, I'd be wild. And maybe he spoke something to you. Would you take that if he said, hey, look out for a yellow car today. It's going to be really important and walked out. Would you be straight up just zoned in on some yellows? (laughs) that's random, but yeah, I mean, it's funny. What's the difference in reading the Bible and taking it for what it says in its proper context? There is no difference if we really believe this life. But kids, do not forget to entertain For by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels without knowing it. Angels walk around in the world and on the earth often Appearing as humans, appearing regular, with agendas of heaven and things to release on the earth, and that's what the Bible says. Man, that's fun, isn't it? Maybe not. Just me. Yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting. Well, there must be some explanation. You know, he must have meant. No, 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 no. I've got a degree in this. I got a couple of them. Three of them. You know, it's not. It's not. You know, it's there. It's there. You know. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, it's interesting, there's a scripture that I really love, that I loved and came to me really personally, I felt, from the Lord, 2 Chronicles 16:9, several years back. And it's this prophetic utterance from a prophetic man in, 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 in the, speaking to a king. But he says something in 2 Chronicles 16:9. he says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. And it's like, wow, you know, the eyes of God himself is roaming to and fro throughout the whole earth, extending himself for somebody whose heart is in alignment with him because he wants to display his strength and his power on their behalf, you know. And Jesus comes and he's saying all these things. About being so aligned with heaven in all your—if your hand calls you and cut it off, it's better to go. You know, it's he, all these things of like, hey, in complete and total alignment in heart, mind, soul, body with the God in all things. Because it's 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 that those who seek first the kingdom—that's an aligned heart and mind with all their heart. You know what I mean? All the things they need are added to them, so they don't think they don't think about need and want. They think about kingdom and release. And then what they need and want, the need, is actually provided for them. Yeah. yeah. But the eyes of the Lord are actually, you know, a lot of people think the eyes of the Lord are looking and watching them all day long, waiting for them to say something wrong or do something wrong mm-hmm. so that He can smack on them. You know what I mean? Hey, don't do that, you know. This twisted doctrine of, you know, yeah. taken out of John 16. But in, reali- in in reality, the opposite is true. He's searching for the loyal of heart, someone who's, whose faith and their belief has united in Him. They believe and trust in His Word. They're willing to act on it. And He wants to display Himself strong on their behalf, manifest Himself through them, that He may be known in the earth. And this is the prayer of Luke 11, like, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth. This is the exemplification that we're called to release in the earth. And the eyes of the Lord are this. You know, it's, it's um, Zechariah 3.9 talks about the, it's, a, you know, it's another kind of obscure, strange prophecy of this prophet that gets pulled up into the heavens and, and he's seeing all these things, but he has these angels and these things speaking to him. And he talks about the eyes of the Lord and the eyes of the Lord that he's communicating are the eyes of the Lord, the, the, the seven eyes on this rock that is before Joshua, you know. And these are the spirits of God, you know. And so we understand through the scriptures, and it's you know there's all kind of symbolism and such in this stuff, but the eyes of the Lord really represent the very spirit of God, who's not looking to smack somebody and put them in time out. He's actually looking to empower those who have stepped into belief, faith, and this alignment of heart with Him, so that He may display His power and His strength, rescuing the world from the effects of the fall, you know it's this it's this beautiful thing and it's you know some people have you know believe that the eyes of the lord okay this will be out there a little bit maybe but it's obviously the spirit of god or the seven spirits of god that you see in the book of revelation you know when jesus comes says i have the seven spirits of god and the prophecy of isaiah 11 the spirit of wisdom and understanding and counsel and might and knowledge and the fear of the lord and the very spirit of the lord these seven which would be upon this root of Jesse right it's all it's all these this 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 picture of the fullness of the Holy Spirit that we're supposed to walk in but is also looking for us but there's also some believe that they're like it's like an angelic messenger that's anointed by the Holy Spirit to actually go and enact this power and authority throughout the earth I actually had a Baptist minister from this region actually for a long time he was the Baptist pastor of um it was either Bullard Baptist or Bullard First Baptist what's that like 25 minutes south of us you know what I mean yeah, his name, is, his name was Bobby Connor, and, and I remember having dinner with him one night, a group of us, you know, about a handful of us, me and Nicole, another couple, and him and his wife. And he was, he was expressing, you know, his belief in the eyes of the Lord, being, being the angels of heaven that are at least some which are anointed by the Spirit of the Lord. And, you know, kind of fulfilling some of these prophecies and some of these things. But the Lord is sending out his, it's almost like his recruiters, his recruitment that is actually looking to display itself with Heaven's authority, and whatever they put their hands to that they would cause it to prosper and be fruitful. And it was really cool because he was like, yes, and I met one. Yeah, I know. And he says, when I met him, when he, when he showed up to my house it was like, you know, an F-16 or F-18 fighter jet flew into my property. That's how loud it was. And it, and it hit me like a ton of bricks because before I moved here, before we moved to Texas, I'm the pastor that I was uh, serving under and interning under. We were on a trip, because we live in North Carolina, but we were on a trip to minister at a church in Asheville, North Carolina. If anybody knows where that is, it's the mountains of North Carolina, and real pretty place. And so we were there, and um, we were staying at the, the pastor of the church that we were actually coming kind of itinerant, my pastor was really, I was just the prophetic guy kind of coming in, but um, serving, you know, But and I was young, but anyhow, the pastor of the church, whose house we were staying at, had his basement. A lot of people have basements in North Carolina, and, and he had it like completely converted to a real nice apartment, you know, like two-bedroom apartment and all that stuff. And man, I was asleep in that place when I first started to get introduced to this scripture. And the Lord started knocking on my heart about some of these things. Um, I was asleep and I woke up to the sound of what sounded like a like an F18 jet flying through my room. And it was so loud, it woke me up. It wasn't a dream. It woke me up and it was still going. And I was laying on my back just I kind of like cowered you know, in my bed like <laughs> you know this I can't make a jet sound, you know what I mean? But I could hear it out loud and I was like, "Yee," you know what I mean? Got looking up at my ceiling like, "What is this going on?" And it's <sighs> like, it was like screaming, like I was in an air show. You know what I mean? If you ever been around something like that, I mean, it was just like riveting. And I popped up out of my bed and, um, I thought, Oh my gosh, I didn't know we were next to like the, the Asheville airport or something, which we weren't. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so I ran out of my room and I ran and, and the pastor that I was with, his name was Brad. He was sitting there with his laptop writing the message or whatever he was going to preach. And I, and I ran into the to the efficiency part of this apartment, and I was like, what, like, dude, did you hear the hell? What was that? I was like freaking out, and he was just kind of like, looked at me kind of a little bit bothered, to be honest, because <laughs> I was coming out like, like, yeah, <laughs> and I didn't drink coffee or anything in those days, you know, um, nothing, there was, it wasn't caffeination, it was just straight like, I heard this thing, dude, and I ran out of there, I was like, what is going on, man? <laughs> and he just looked at me, he's like, nothing. He's like, yeah, you had to have heard that. He's like, I didn't hear anything, and I was like, no, it was, it was so loud. It was audible. To which, you know, sometimes when somebody experiences something that you don't, it can make you a little jealous about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you could tell that look of disdain like, you know, kind of like, yeah, whatever. I didn't hear anything. It was the Lord, you know, it was something you're experiencing. And so I was like, no, that was loud. That was too loud. of was shaking the house. And it's like, he was sitting there awake, you know, I was young. So I was sleeping in, you know, chilling. Uh, he's in there praying and writing, and I'm the one experiencing things, you know. So anyhow, it's kind of funny, but anyway, so that you know, a year later, so we move here, and we're sitting with this this Baptist pastor down south. <laughs> but you wouldn't think a Baptist guy, but he's not the typical. I mean, he doesn't work there anymore. He travels all around the world. But he was telling me was like, yeah, well, you know, when he came to my house, you know, it sounded like an it sounded like an F sixteen flew into my house, and I and I told him I was like I. I've heard, dude. I'm telling you, and I told him this whole story. This young guy, I was in my twenties at the time, you know. I'm like, dude, this thing, it frightened me, it startled me, but it was amazing, you know. And and then so, anyways, yeah. So there's that, but um, you know, and and I I've, I I I've, I've I've met him since. I've met him since on several occasions. So there's that, but you know, I don't talk that way. But I kind of had a week, you know what I mean. So I feel like I can kind of talk how I want today, you know. But been one of those things but it's like i've i've got to meet him and so i've experienced him yeah but anyhow and so the jury's out second Chronicles 16 9 the eyes of the lord is this the holy spirit and is this the angel of the lord or are these angelic angelic ministers like it says in psalm 100 and also in the book of hebrews that have been sent to minister to the heirs of salvation as it says in hebrews 1 and as it says in hebrews 13 this is practical and this is common and this is normal. And as it says in the book of Acts, you know, when Peter come knocking at the door and they thought it's probably his angel because they, were, they weren't as dumbed down spiritually as we are in the church today, expecting nothing. So it was more normal for them, the supernatural reality of heaven. Um, so it's, it's really a part of Christianity. And um, we could really go down that rabbit hole really deep, but I'm not trying to do that. I never tried to do that, um, but it could happen. Um, but the reality is the eyes of the Lord whether it's those anointed on the other side of the tracks to actually recruit and actually to be there for what what the Lord wants to start on the earth, or if it's the angel of the Lord Himself, who is the Lord, you know, the Holy Spirit, um, it, it's something like that. But I love that I love that chapter. Speaking of context in two Corinthians, I'm, I'm sorry, two Chronicles sixteen. Maybe we'll do that. That'll keep us really uh, airtight on the on the scripture, because I I love that prophecy. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro, because it is the story in um, 2 Chronicles 14. Doesn't it say in 1 Corinthians 10 and also in Romans 15 that these things, the things of the Old Testament is what it's talking about, were written for us. They are written for us to see and to learn from. There were stories that are allegories. They're literal but they're also they're allegorical. They're, they're proverbial. They're prophetic for us to live this life of Christianity. It does say this, yeah. And so it's, it's very much in context but the context of the story is, is the story of this king we understand in, in the days of um, Israel and also Judah as the, the, the kingdom split, there were sometimes good kings and there was often not good kings. And the good kings s- sought the Lord with their heart and, and or at least most of their heart. And when they would, the kingdom would prosper. But the ones that were wicked that would tolerate, usually they would have partnerships or marriages with the, with the families of other kingdoms in order to have peace and treaties because they were too scared to to like trust in God to take care of them, usually that would open the door to the other gods of the world and it would cause them to go into some dark places, you know? And so that's the story of Christianity, I mean of the Old Testament, but also yes, Christianity. And um, it's, it, Israel and Judah looked kind of like this. And if you listen to this on a podcast, I'm making that hand wave up and down, you know what I mean? It's like that walk like an Egyptian dance or something back in the 80s some of these kids don't know about, but anyhow, so, so this King Asa in chapter 14 of Second Chronicles is actually a good king, and the reason was, um, you know, he did a lot of great things. He, he removed the high places, these, these, um, these altars to other gods that had been allowed into the land of God's people by previous kings. Um, he, he had a mentality to build, which is always kingdom that is the way this kingdom works and that's the way christian christianity truly works you are bringing something to the house you're not always just sucking like a vampire from the house you know what i'm saying you're actually wanting to build and thrive and that's actually how you grow imagine that um but anyhow so he he, he built these fortified cities he had he he there was technology that he stepped into um that was really brilliant it, it, it was really cool and um at one point they 're having peace in the land, and this Ethiopian in second chronicles um, fourteen nine comes out against them with an army of a million men and three hundred chariots against Judah in the kingdom and and so asa goes out actually goes out against him, and they set the troops in battle array so the enemy surrounded the people of God, and this king, whose heart was to the Lord, has this beautiful prayer in second chronicles 14:11 and he said lord it is nothing for you to help with many or for those who have no power help us o lord our god for we rest on you and in your name we go against this multitude you're our god don't let permit man prevail against you this is alignment this is the seeking first of the kingdom it's like he didn't even see it in a self-preservation way. They're, they're coming against us. It's like we're with you and they're against you. And not only that, do they outnumber us by three times? Sure. But it's nothing for you, whether we have a lot of people or whether we don't. This is them against you. And I'm choosing not to look at this in my own strength and calculation in my own strength. It says the Lord struck the Ethiopians before them. So there was a great victory. They stepped up. Doesn't mean that they, that God just lightning bolted them. It means they stepped up and fought. But at the same time, they put their they put their money where their mouth was. Their heart was in the belief in the Lord, and they stepped against the enemy and popped them back. Is pop is popped New King James? I don't know, but you catch you catch what I'm trying to throw. You know, that's what's going on. It was just Fourth of July. Pop pop, bang bang, and all that. You know, a prophet shows up in chapter 15. And he gives this prophecy, which I think is so silly, but it's for all of us as Christians. In 2 Chronicles 15 too, it says, The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he'll be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. And that's practical. The Lord is with you while you're with him. If you seek him, he will be found. But if you forsake him, he will forsake. In other words, I have this theory, right? And it's, and it's my belief, it's more than a theory because it's throughout the scriptures. I wonder if God is fully extended to us at all times, and he's waiting for us um, to take him at his word and to connect to him, like Steve was saying when he opened up, so that he might show himself strong on our behalf, that his name, his love for us would be manifest, but his name would be exalted among people. And I just have this, I have this curious thought that we can miss out on so much breakthrough just by not acknowledging Him, by tucking and running from things. You know what I mean? By not choosing to believe Him when it's not convenient or doesn't feel safe for us. You dig? But I have this theory that He is so fully there and extended to us that if we believe and trust in him in all situations, he ne- his record is 100. Yeah. He never doesn't come through. Yes. Amen. And I live this theory, yeah, and have for a long time, and you know me. And I think he wants us all to. Anytime we bet on him, he comes through. It's just the way it works. It never didn't work. Find the Bible where it didn't work. This is a dumb prophecy to me. I know that's bad to say. But it, 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 it's, it's not dumb, but it, it's, it's, the, it's, it's a simple, that's a better way to say, the Lord's with you while you're with him. Like, hey, if you seek the Lord and you're aligned with him, you always win. But if you forsake him, you don't. <laughs> okay, that's what that says. You blow Jesus off because you're comfortable in your Christianity. Your needs are met right now, you know? Then it's tough to come to Jesus in a crisis. Oh my gosh, I'm in a crisis now, or I'm in need now. That's a sign of immaturity, and that's the way the kingdom was living. You know, but those who are wholeheartedly devoted. Asa steps in, puts the false gods. The false gods can be anything we believe over his voice. Anything that we serve in our life more than him. You know? It doesn't have to be the, um, the Buddha statue you bought from Pier 1 because you thought it was cute on your little terrace at your apartment. It doesn't have to be that. That's a false god. Sure, that can be that. You know what I mean? But it's the things we exalt above him. It can be fear. It can be people. Imagine instead of serving the Lord with your whole heart, you're so concerned about what other people think. And so it kind of holds you back. I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to look like one of those people. You know what I mean? Imagine that. that. That's the fear of man, which proves to be a snare, as it says in the Proverbs, right? But, but what does that mean? That means people are your God more than God. I mean, that would be a travesty. And imagine the levels of opportunities God wants us to step into with having a loyal heart that's devoted to Him, that I believe people miss out on all the time. Because instead of like Asa right there, in at least in Asa part one, when, when, a, when a circumstance came up, instead of going after the Lord in it, we we're like, I need to work this out myself for self-preservation or just admit defeat and maybe I'll survive, you know. So man, Asa heard this little simple prophecy took courage, you know, he, he, he burnt all the rest of the high places, um, it's really, it's really cool. He, he, he removed the queen mother of uh, this, uh, this lineage of Jezebel that was in the household of the Lord. <laughs> you know, this control and manipulation, this jazz. Maybe we'll talk about old Jez in, you know, in the near future. I don't know. It's important. It, it affects so many people. You know what I mean? But it's like, you know, he, he removed that, like, and that's tough. Well, that's my family. I've got to live at least to please them a little bit. Like Jesus said, no, 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 no. Unless you hate your father or mother, you can't be my disciple. Now, it's not meaning hate, right? It means despise compared to what I want you know what I mean they're they're always second to me or anything else you know or it's a god so he does all these awesome things but then chapter 16 sets in and the king of Israel comes after him he's a king of Judah you know they're split he's he wants to come and he wants to attack king Asa and he actually wants to cut him off from receiving food and stuff you know how military stuff did in the, in the back in the days and even now cut off their supplies do all these things but king Asa we're watching the movie like, all right, King Asa is one of the good guys. He believes in God. He has a connection. Now watch how he's going he's gonna to kick the bad king out. He doesn't do that. He actually goes and has a treaty with Damascus, another king. Another, Ben-Hadad, this king, and he, and he says in, in 2 Chronicles sixteen three, let there be a treaty between you and me as there was between my father and your father. I've sent you silver and gold. He sends them money. You come to me, you attack, you attack some of their people. You open up our stuff. I'll send you money. We make this partnership. And instead of trusting in the Lord as he had done before, he actually trusted into the connections of pagan countries. You know what I mean? And so he trusted in something that was not God, even though he had already learned that lesson you, you would suppose that he had. He, he, made, he went back and made the bonds and connections of the old family way, just the way my dad used to do it, which was the mistake it actually worked for a time being. But then this prophet comes back to him, Hanani the seer. And he comes to King Asa, the king of Judah, and he says, hey, because you have relied on Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped your hand. It's like, hey, that, that demonic country that actually wants to kill you just as much as the other guys that you just made a deal with, not only should you have wrecked the enemy that was coming after you you should erect them too god's with you to grow and thrive and prosper but your fear instead of looking at god has caused you to make human connections the way your dad used to do it you went into your old the lineage of adam in the ways of the world and you've tried to preserve yourself and it's not like you know now you're going to die of leprosy or some curse you know what i'm saying it's just like you're missing out on all the breakthrough and growth that god actually has for you you know what i mean because you didn't take him at his word, Jesus looking Martha in the face. I told you if you believe me, you'd see the kingdom of heaven. You'd see the glory of God. Do you believe this? It's like he's he's wholeheartedly desiring us for to actually believe him, to burn the bridge and actually do what he says. And it's not like oh you know he's this big bully football coach that's just leading us into these uncomfortable things. It's like no, I want you to I want you to win. I want to, my eyes are all over the world searching for whose hearts are so loyal to me that they don't look at anything above me or too difficult for me. They look straight to me and they walk right through it. Yeah. All right. And then everybody else, just like when David killed Goliath and when he kills the giant, everybody else comes off the sideline that used to be scared and they charge after the Philistines too. Yeah. Yeah. It's exemplary. It's an example. Yeah. Somebody has to lead it and it has to start in the house of the Lord. And I, I think it's us. You know what I mean? And everybody that listens to this. It's whoever has the belief in their heart to pursue the Lord wholeheartedly. It's not just seek first the kingdom and hopefully I'll get a good looking wife or a husband or oh, I'll make my finances good and all these things. Are those things true? Yeah, the goodness of God. These things are in His will and plan for us, but that's not our deal. We just work here and our job is follow the shepherd. You know what I mean? Not try to figure everything out. It's just follow Him. So Hananiah the seer comes and he says, hey, like, he tells him, and like, hey, were the, were the Ethiopians and Lubim not huge army with many chariots that you relied on the Lord? And he delivered them? And then he says my favorite verse of the day. He says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. Like, in other words, God was yearning to do something powerful through you and you took the easy way out. That's what he's telling the king. He says, in this you have done foolishly and now, you, oh, now you're going to have wars for the rest of your kingdom. You're going to have to do these things. Well, God didn't intend this for you. It says something interesting in verse 12. It says, in the 39th year, this is the end of Asa's story, at least for us today. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet and his malady was severe. It sounds like diabetes or something, you know, because it's in his feet and he's old. He became diseased in his feet, and his malady was severe. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but he sought the physicians. So Asa rested with his father, fathers in the 41st year of his reign. And they buried him in all these You know, it's just like, it's like that little verse right there, in the, also in the word of the Lord, the word of God, is like, yeah, he got a disease that took him out. And the reason it took him out is because he didn't seek the Lord. He only, he only went medical. That's God saying, hey, and by the way, I was still extending myself to him. I was still extending myself to him to break through on his behalf. But he, started, he, he let fear start to steer his life. And because of that, it costed him. Now, I love Asa, and he is my older brother, and he's yours. He's, he's part of our family. And he lived this life, like it says in 1 Corinthians 10 and, and, and Romans 15. He lived his life, and his life is a story for us to learn. And I know, just like you know, the, the cloud of witnesses... You know what I'm saying? Hebrews 12. All these who have gone before us, who walked in faith, even though they've made mistakes, their life—they would love, and just the, and the Lord would love for us to see them and learn from their lessons, and have courage and faith, and put our trust in the reality and the goodness of God. Yeah. And that's—that's that's all we have, man. Yeah. If it's real, it's real. And if it's not, it's just playing a religious game. Yeah. It's just—you know what I mean, American, or just—you know—the system. It's the YMCA. It's the Christian organization. It's not really the true church from which the gates of hell will not prevail against. And it's like, we gotta choose in our life, we have choices every day, even in the simplicity of the things that come into our room. It's not when I have a crisis, I really need to connect to God. It's just like, you know, it's it's like taking every thought captive. You know what I mean? In Second Corinthians ten, it's like taking every every thought captive that exalts itself about what Jesus has actually done. It's not when there's a medical crisis. Oh, I got to be spiritual and go after it now. It's like no, we got to go after all thoughts. We got to go after everything. uh, Shame, condemnation, the things that Romans eight says we're not even supposed to have in this religion in Jesus Christ. We have, to be, we have to learn to live this way with our whole heart and our whole life because the eyes of the Lord are searching for those whose hearts are loyal to Him that actually seek first the kingdom because He wants to display His power on our behalf and arise us and shine us like a city that's up on a hill to wake our brothers and sisters up. So somebody's got to lead the way in it. And that's what Christianity is about. It's not tough guy stuff. It's just faith. It's, it's, it's faith versus fear and cowardice. You know what I mean? That's just, that's what Christianity is about. That's what it, that, that's there. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, whose voice will we listen to in every situation? Ask Jarius, you know what I mean? It's like, ask Jarius in, in uh, Mark 5. His daughter got sick with something causing her to pass out early. You know what I mean? got a feeling I know what that is, you know? But what? Guess what? Oh, you know, Jesus come to my house. Then a woman with an issue of blood comes and pushes through the whole crowd. And she's touching Jesus as him. And Jesus is like, who touched me? And woman, your faith. And it's just all this beautiful stuff, which she broke the law because she had an issue of blood. And she touched a bunch of people and him. So she broke God's, quote, unquote, air quote, God's laws to touch God. So what does that tell you about those laws? So she did that, and, she, and he was actually happy about it, not mad about it. So what does that tell you about him? Um, so he heals her, but Jarius is standing there like, yo, you're supposed to be coming to heal my daughter because she's, she's sick and she's, she's going. And if I'm Jarius, I'm like, dude, this is taking longer than I wanted, man. This is taking longer than I wanted. Tell this lady to shoe off. You're supposed to be coming with me right now. You know what I mean? And then the people from Jairus' house come show up and said, hey, she didn't make it. And how much Jairus' heart started to break in Mark 5 instantly, but Jesus, it says, overheard what they said, even amongst that crowd. And he looks over Jairus face to face and says, don't believe what they say. We're entering into a level of this life of Christianity, even when our thoughts and the things we see in this world We're going to live it or we're not. You know what I mean? It's just like we can believe the forecast of of the, the fallen world. You know what I mean? Or we can learn to live by not bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of his mouth. And guess what that is? It's life. And is it instant? Does it take a long time? Like, yo, you're taking longer than I wanted to. Like, how is this going to work? It's like, I don't care. I just work here and I'm following him. So if we're taking a stop right here and he's going to talk to this lady with some blood issues, you know, touch her you know the hem of the garment and all that and he's telling all these people stuff and i'm just going to try to sit back and wait on him and i'm just following him because that's all i do in my in my in my job and literally in my job but also in my life you know what i mean i'm just i'm gonna follow him around he's gonna get to where he says he's gonna get because it's not broken i'm not gonna try to fix it or push him around this is our reality you know there is no formula it's a reality that we live and we walk. His word is truth. His word is life. I know his will. I know his heart. I know the new covenant. Anything less is a violation. I won't stand for it. I won't come into agreement with it, but I'll walk patiently with it. But I'm locked in. We're gonna lock in. I don't care. You know, is it crazy? Oh, you know, that's why you don't talk about too much. You know what I mean? Listen to a message like this, angels flying around, jets baptist preachers talking about jets me having a jet you know angels coming up to me i tell you i met him i know his name first name you know all these different things this it, i didn't tell you that part but i just did you know what i mean but this is the, the christian life is far beyond what we've we've dumbed it down to but it's real it's very real and if it's real your life bears the fruit of it and jesus says go make disciples it didn't mean go tell people they're going to go to hell if they don't sign up for your church. and da, 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 da. It means if you're living this, there's other people that are disciples of God because of you. You know what I mean? I got that credential. Many of you do. And, it's, and that's, that's what our life is. If we have that credential, it's happening to other people around us. We're inspiring people with the connection to know the Lord and to walk out of the lives of sin and these old identities into the truth of the beloved of God. That's what we're called to do. But I'll leave it with a question. It's the question is the same as the theory that I started. So this will be the question for the day. You know, the, you know how I started. I wonder if God is actually fully extended to us. Fully extended. Like his credit card, which is immeasurably, is, is just, it's just held out to us. You know what I mean? Or maybe we have one. Maybe we have one that we don't cash in on. but because it's full, the, the endorsement of heaven and the abundance of what we need in this life. You would even say that Everything we need for life and godliness in this life has been given to us. Let's put it that way. Hey, Peter said that, didn't he? Yeah. So it's all the Bible. You know what I mean? But I wonder if we actually thought this way. And we just chose to follow him with our whole heart. How things would happen. If he's fully extended us, waiting for us to take his word. So my question for today is that I wonder if God is fully extended. If God... How about this? If you make it personal... Is God waiting for me to take Him at His word so that He might show Himself strong on my behalf, in me, and through me? You know, yeah. Is God waiting on me? Is He extended? Just waiting for me to turn to Him in situations. Many times, as a pastor, I've seen this. Many, many times. We want what we want, but God wants to deal with what He wants to deal with so many times it comes to dealing with the issues of the heart in relationship to him you know what i mean and it's like he wants us to deal with something he wants he's presenting something to us and we're like well i want to go this way and he's asking you would you please finally follow through here and walk this life and i'm going to take you where you're going where i have for you you know but that is the question is god fully extended to us is is he waiting on me to take him at his word so that he might show himself strong on my behalf mm-hmm. that his name would be exalted amongst yeah. his people yeah. I had a lot more Psalm 81 you can read that your own you know I won't, won't, won't do it but um, I think that's good yeah. so Lord thank you that your word is true yeah, yeah? yeah. it is, it is. Yes. amen mm-hmm. yeah I think I'm done <laughs> I feel good.
1: <laughs> I stand up and walk, and you're done. You're done now. Yes, sir, I'm out. <laughs> it asked me to close. As he was speaking, one of my favorite scriptures, and I think it's so apropos, is Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord. And I think trust is synonymous with faith. Mm-hmm. You know, and he is good, and he is trustworthy. Trust in the Lord. Oops with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. That's when the biases come in, the the fear, the self-consciousness. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, yada, know him intimately. And he will make your path straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. And that's just an awareness of his presence. Uh, open eyes, open ears that that are sensitive to what he's saying and what he's doing. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil and it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Lord, we thank you that there's peace in all your paths. Lord, open our eyes. Give us ears that are more uh, attuned to what you're saying and doing around us. We confess that we trust you because you are a good God. You're healing us from all the doubt and fear and stuff in the past. And you're renewing our minds and our hearts. And I thank you for that, Lord. So I I just praise you that you are real and that you have given us everything we need for life and godliness. You have made it available. We just have to walk in it. And honor you in all our ways and and we just uh again thank you that you are a good god you can be trusted and use us to unlock this town yeah. to unlock this area god that we might be those that just walk with you and bear your fruit your love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness and function in your gifting even as, as Daniel did in the Old Testament. He, he was just wanting to honor you. And you uh, used him mightily. So we thank you. And we bless you. Your precious name, King Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.